I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality. Learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships. Because everything starts with you. Hello and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. I am very excited for my guest today. His name is Baran Paladajczak. As a tech startup, you need more than effective and usable products. You need to build a brand identity. And I know this because this is what I did in my past life. And we'll get to talking about this, but I don't think people really understand what that means. This is where Badan steps in from Kyiv, Ukraine. So he is in Ukraine, which I'm so excited to speak to that part of the world. And we'll talk a little bit about that. He is an active creative director, brand strategist, and entrepreneur for over a decade. Badan's creative vision combines tried and true practices of IU and UX design with a mastery in sound production, videography, copywriting, marketing, and human psychology. Badan has a documented history of transforming SaaS products into juicy brands that stand out from the ever-growing crowd. As a talented creative, Badan is passionate about monitoring and staying updated and modern trends in branding. His technique focuses on striking the perfect balance between how good the product looks and how efficiently it works. So welcome, welcome, Badan. Thank you for the introduction. Excited to kick it off. Good stuff going on. <laughs> so tell me, I want to know a little bit more about your business, exactly what you do, what you do for your clients. So tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. So we run, um, I run, and I actually do have co-founders, but we run Cream Design Agency, which is the agency that focuses, as you said, on the tech brands, getting the better traction in the world via branding. Uh, at the same time, we're also doing the product design. So we actually love the products themselves and the branding around it, I think, which makes a perfect combination of uh, having the great idea, great technology, combining with the creative and design to get the striking output to the world. So basically, this is what we're doing. We're helping the brands to get the narrative, to get the visual part out, to become interesting, striking, as I say, which is actually currently, you understand, we're in the age of the battle for the attention. So people really skim through a lot of things that are just boring. Uh, a lot of the things that are actually worthy and nice, they're just not getting attention because of this fast food thinking of the people and fast food kind of attention grabbing. So we focus that the great technology actually becomes visible for the people, actually hooks and primarily we do it by the science of what we call visual communication. It's about everything you see in digital, primarily you consume it with your eyes. And actually, this I believe this is the biggest sensor of how people perceive all the information. So making something pleasable or like beautiful for an eye, I think is an extremely important thing because it combines the messaging and then the visual part that supports how you're actually going to visualize that message. And then if there's some tech around it as well, it's absolutely, I think, also applicable, even in product design, when you're talking about UI, UX, it's a mobile app, for example, everything the user sees, the button he presses, all the information, it's still like a kind of a functional, but yet a dialogue 
which is basically the communication and the visual aspect of it, where we are swimming like the fish in the sea or in the ocean. I love that. And it's so great that you're saying about the eyes. I always tell my students, when you are a product designer, for example, if you're designing a car, you're designing everything you see right? The outside of the car, the theme, what it looks like, the beauty of it, the luxury part of it, and then the inside, right? The ergonomics, how you're touching, how you're maneuvering. And this visual psychological piece is so critical. And now with the digital age, where everything is on your computer, especially with COVID and all those things that now we are stuck to our computer screen, so much more important And I love how you talk about product design through UI and UX because it's critical. I don't think people understand when somebody goes on their page, because I work a lot on personal branding, that how you look is what people are also making out for you, right? If you don't look very good or very put together, people are just going to think that you're not put together. (laughs) I think that is so amazing now that everything is digital and that you're giving it a look in a psychology piece, right? How people move through an app or move through some sort of digital piece. All of that has to do with psychology and making it user-friendly. So that is amazing. I love that you're kind of taking on that space and it looks like you're on the forefront of it. So I always tell my listeners and my guests that this wouldn't be a brand therapist podcast if we didn't talk about childhood. So tell me a story about your childhood and how it comes together with what you do today. So my childhood, I would say that the most important pieces or parts of my childhood that are making me the person that I am right now is definitely the sports. I've been doing sports throughout my whole childhood, I guess, until I was like 18. I was actively involved in it. I was actually my biggest sport kind of field where I was playing was actually jujitsu and taekwondo, which are the martial arts. So I've been doing that for like about five or six years. And uh, my latest achievement and the final achievement that I got, I actually participated in the world's championship in jujitsu which means I won the regional competitions, then I won the Ukrainian national competition, and I went to Worlds. So I think that actually shaped a lot about my personality and probably the key outtakes for myself as I retrospect, right, and see back and like, where am I coming from? I think it's, first of all, is the persistency. The good result doesn't happen overnight. You have to actually practice and put a lot of hours and input a lot of effort. For example, when I was doing sports, I was uh, actually having jujitsu and taekwondo, and I also was doing aikido, and I was doing judo for one single objective to get the jujitsu championship kind of nailed. So, you know, I was going all in, I was practicing two times a day. I know how many hours and how much of the intensity you actually have to be investing into getting the results. So I think that definitely kind of helps me in my current career with what I'm doing, understanding that some things are not happening overnight. You have to pursue, pursue, pursue and invest a lot of effort. And I guess that is probably one of the biggest things that made me the entrepreneur and made me not give up on anything. So I think it for me, it's like almost impossible to give up on anything unless I just find it ridiculous and not kind of invested into what the output should be. But other than that, if I really am focused on the target, I will get it for sure. And this encompasses what I do, what I do for my clients as well. As a designer, I think there's also part of that living in the design 
is that every problem has a solution and design is about finding the solution to the problem. I guess the childhood thing that keep going, keep looking for the solution and the product thinking about there's always a solution to something just combines and gives this amazing momentum of keeping on going, doing the great things, setting up high objectives and knowing there's no elevator to the top. You got to take the stairs. So throughout my childhood practice and, and sports, this is something that made me the persistent person that I am right now. I love that. And you're so right. Some of us are these people that are determined and driven to do certain things, whether it's in business, design, entrepreneurship, technology. And it's so interesting how childhood kind of forms that piece of us, our environment, kind of what we are and kind of how it takes us through life. So that's super great. Now, let me ask you this. I always ask my clients about a story of fame. Fame isn't necessarily for celebrities. Fame is for everybody, I believe. And for me, the word fame is about impact. So what I want to know is tell me a story that you had impact and how that kind of turned out at the end. Okay, so the biggest impact that I think I did throughout everything that I was doing is actually related to the war that is happening in Ukraine and combined with my part that is related to the startups. So in the very first days of war, I noticed I started helping a lot with the resources, bringing some food to people who suffered uh, directly at that moment. And I noticed there's like a kind of big hassle going on and a lot of people are bringing different resources, but there's no like centralized way of gathering the resources and actually allocating them to people who need them because there was no system in place previously, which... So we, uh, with a couple of people, we co-founded a startup called Spivdia, which by now has helped a million Ukrainians get food supplies. And actually, it is an ecosystem of almost seven projects that are there. There are Spivdia Kids, which is helping kids to have psychological supports. There is humanitarian aid. There's an aid for the entrepreneurs and smaller businesses that stopped working because of the war. And this whole ecosystem was started in the first day of war with uh, myself and a couple of other people that we co-founded it with. And again, to me, like 1 million people that it's not even people, it's actually families, 1 million families that received food, knowing that there's actually 40 million people in Ukraine. And currently, I think there's even less than that. So it's pretty much one thirtieth of the whole country has received help, not just applied, not have seen something we did, but actually experienced the benefit of it. The project got like also a huge media coverage, huge leverage in Ukraine, all the 10 pages or 12 20 pages of Google are going to be covered with all the articles by GovUA websites and everything like that. And actually that got me to be nominated for Forbes 30 under 30, which I'm uh, waiting for the application result currently. But yeah, uh, Ukraine and the Forbes currently recognizes primarily the people who were the most active in war in Ukraine, which makes a lot of sense. And I think that what we did is actually a very big impact right at the time where it was needed. And again, currently, it's the whole ecosystem that has about 1,000 people working in different kind of areas of the organization to support people. And again, we started as a startup with three folks on board. So to me, seeing uh, exponential growth within one year from you know a, a small startup to 1,000 people, seven directions kind of organization is something wonderful. And obviously, it wouldn't have been possible without the other co-founders that are actually doing a huge work behind the organizational part of it, like the... Wow, that's huge. And I commend you for everything that you've done. And what's interesting, you know, I love how you use the word ecosystem, 
because I believe things are brought together through ecosystems. And if we can build those, they can interact and integrate seamlessly with each other. So that's pretty amazing. I I love what you're doing. We're going to kind of switch gears a little bit into the tests that I had you do. Well, it was two questions on the brand assessment, which doesn't really surprise me. You came out as an outlaw. Okay, so I'm going to read to you what this means. And you're going to tell me if it kind of you feel it fits or not. And we can discuss that. So an outlaw sees the world as something to disrupt and is attracted to things that offer intrigue, risk and opportunity to break convention. The motivation is uniqueness. The need is to disrupt. The fear is being inconsequential. And the behaviors are disrupts the status quo, pioneers revolutionary ideas, and identifies problems and finds faults. That seems definitely something that I feel myself as and our brand is, because definitely the brand is also usually coming from the brand father's sort of perspective of who you are. That's how you build your brand. So yeah, I definitely resonate with it. And I think like throughout the everything that I do, I always save these things that are listed there as uh, personality remarks, which are like, you know, challenging the standard. Let's do it differently. Let's reinvent. And yeah, even looking at our website, like it definitely doesn't look like an ordinary B2B website. It's absolutely different than everything else you see. And that's also for a specific re- reason. One of the things that me and my company are doing is breaking the standards. So this is definitely something that, you know, has been on the latest top priority of whatever we do. I love that because it sounds like your unique part or the piece that sets you apart is that you're trying to break convention, is that you're trying to do things differently and that you don't look like anybody else. And that's what makes you different and kind of stepping out of this crowded market space. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience has transformed billion dollar brands and has eight plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. I have a few words that I want you to tell me the definition of them. Okay, so what does disruptive mean to you? Disruptive is challenging the way that things are currently done and proposing a better way of doing things. Love it. Bold. Bold is something extremely loud, something that is way more intense in the emotion. It makes the end user feel. I love it. Spirited. Okay, it's probably about being fueled by some energy that comes from within the drive tanks. Love it. Risk-taking. Risk-taking is doing something that most of the people are afraid of and definitely going for the exchange because in life, I think like almost everything is an exchange. You give something out and then you receive something. It's being able to 
go for the big stakes. I think like uh, there's a, a small level of exchange and sometimes when you have to the big pains and the big gains and the, the big things you're given out and something big you want to receive, it starts being a risk at some certain level. Great. And the last one, rebellious. A rebellious. Consciously willing to be different and to accentuate on it and to propose something, some ideas, methods, ways, or anything that don't coincide with the general opinion that has found common in most of the people. Love it. So this should be easy to answer for you now. Do you have a personal brand? And if so, how do you define your personal brand? Not your company's brand, your personal brand. Okay, I think everybody has a brand because brand on the definition level is it's a set of the associations that somebody has with you. I guess so. it has to do a lot with also what they are in somebody else's head as opposed to having a clear brand though, or I think like that, like knowing and knowledge that you have a brand and having a clear strategy, right? is definitely about influencing this association from the people's uh, perspective. So if you would ask, if you were asking how I feel about myself, that I would definitely say like the first thing that comes to my head is creativity. Definitely, because I can do a bunch of different things. As I said, copywriting, video producing, I've shot video, I do the music recording and I love working with sound and I love coming up with uh, articles, any text kind of content with business ideas, with visual ideas. So I would say like creativity is definitely one, something that is uh, here. I would say energy. That's what I frequently hear from other people saying to me, like, dude, where you got that energy coming from? Because I'm always like supercharged and I'm always supercharging every, everybody around you. I guess that would be. And I would say being low key and humble in a way, I think definitely something that I would add up. I'm definitely not the one that would be just like screaming, hey, everybody, look at me. I would rather have my project speak for me, my output speak for me the impact speaks for me rather than just dragging the attention and uh you know kind of speaking for myself so i would say like that is definitely also part of my brand yeah i think that is definitely i would say freshness like i always consume different information and i always learn on some new trends and i always know the the last song of travis scott that came out and the last movie that came out and everything else like that i think like staying on top of the trends is something that also keeps you having a fresh lens and i always incorporate that What's the last movie in your head? Barbie, of course. <laughs> right. And I know uh, some of the listeners, we are actually recording early. So if you listen to this in November, December, this was recorded in July. So definitely Barbie is the movie right now. So let me ask you this. What is your greatest fear? I think my greatest fear is in action not taking an action when you know what to do, when you got everything and just having these amazing ideas or amazing vision in the world and not taking the action is something that I would definitely kind of be looking back when I'm going to be like super old and thinking like, but I knew how to do it. I, I had it all figured out, but I didn't do anything. So I think inability to take an action, especially with some like mental, but like all mental blockers, I would say like is the biggest fear. And if I asked you three lessons learned, what are your three lessons learned? People are everything and people are gems by themselves. I think besides people, there are what objects in this world. And it kind of, I think like the most of the purpose in life is about people. And I think the biggest achievements are happening also like by connecting with people. And most of the things are done for the people. 
and the people are the receivers of it. So I think acknowledging the humane aspect of life and paying the respect and dues to people and being inspired by them. And this is something that I would say is one of the biggest learnings for me so far. The next thing is definitely not being afraid to take the risk and responsibility. I think this is where most of the people are also kind of somebody who makes it, he is willing to take the risk and responsibility. Somebody who doesn't, he again, the most unhappiest people I've seen in my life are extremely ambitious, lazy people. There's a saying like that. And I would definitely agree with that. So I think that is the one. The third lesson is about the expectations and properly managing your lens on the expectation because one of the reasons that people are unhappy about the success of the business, about success of their personal life, is that their expectations are not matching their reality. So I think there's a whole science of setting these expectations properly because they are definitely a huge part of your life. So setting the expectations properly, again, there's lots of criteria how to make it manageable. You have to rely on the real data and not just make some expectations that are impossible, but at the same time, you shouldn't have them too low. So they should be also aspirational. So I think the management of the expectations done properly is a key to a very good life. It's so, so true. And even with your clients, setting those expectations early on and making sure you're clear on what you do and they're clear on what their responsibility is, is so critical to having a not so stressful business. So tell me, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? In 10 years, I definitely see myself running a holding because currently we're scaling our company as a holding and I definitely would see it taken off and having multiple directions in life. And I definitely envisioned one of these directions, potentially one of the ones that we're doing right now or the ones that are gonna, we're going to figure out in the future because we also have this uh, timeline and roadmap of things to be done. I'm pretty sure one of these projects is going to be dominant and take most of my attention and focus. So that would be something that I see myself in 10 years, being an, a runner of the holding, running multiple directions. At the same time, I also want to do investing, but I think that can all be encompassed within the holding stuff. So yeah, successful holding leader is something where I see myself in 10 years. That is so awesome. Well, where can people find you? Like, where do you like to hang out on social? And what are the things where people can kind of connect with you? That's for sure, LinkedIn. I love the social media a lot. I love being connected to all these global VPs of marketing, since hands of marketing and all the product people. So everybody who has something to say professionally, I'm a lot into professional development. I spend most of like, my work is one of the most interesting, exciting, probably chapters of my life and parts of my focus. So LinkedIn is definitely where I hang out a lot of time. It's where I meet people, it's where I connect with people and just chit chat about them. So yeah, this is something. Uh, where I definitely feel that I'm the most active on and the most socially engaged on. And if I asked you, I always let my guests tell me, is there anything specific that you want to promote about your business? Yeah, we actually do have an amazing quiz that we have uh, recently launched. It's also like similar. I think like having quizzes is extremely important for discovering yourself and finding your way in the world. And I will actually send you uh, our quiz. Uh, just curious what you think about it as well. Because it's slightly, slightly different. We're also following like a non-conventional set of questions and having this uh, interesting output as well. But it's going to be at thecream.com slash brand quiz. This is where you can find it. 
and probably they're going to be uh, linked somewhere there too. But this is a very interesting way to just quickly test how good you know branding, how good you understand your own brand, are you working on it currently? And these kind of answers can give you a good information about what you can do better and the points of your growth for your primarily company's brand, but for your personal one as well, I would say. I'd love to take that quiz. So send it over whenever you can. But Dan, I thank you so much for being on the Band Therapist podcast. Thank you for taking your time. I know you're a super busy person and really coming and giving us all the knowledge that you have and your way of looking at the world in a very unconventional way, which I so appreciate. Thank you so much for inviting me and for asking these questions. It's, it was very interesting to also retrospect myself live on these things. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have very interesting insights uh, for a longer run, even out of this conversation with you. So thank you so much for helping the personal brands pop. Yeah, inviting interesting people to the conversations. I'm so excited to see what you're doing in the future. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Brand Therapist podcast. And I'll see you on the next show. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on brand quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.